child of the pure, unclouded brow and dreaming eyes of wonder. Welcome back to Wonder Storytime with Alice and Friends. I'm Ava Roy, Artistic Director of We Players. On behalf of all of We, I invite you to take a walk and get a breath of fresh air with Wonder Storytime in your ears. Or if you just need to drift for a bit, go ahead, get comfortable, relax. Feel your troubles melting away, the air a thin mist around you, the veil between reality and fantasy becoming thin, thinner, barely there, transporting you through the looking glass for a new adventure with Alice and friends. Off we go. Hi there. My name is Britt Lauer, and I'm Wee Player's associate producer, and I'll be assistant directing our forthcoming production of What Alice Found There. Something that I've always found incredibly compelling about Lewis Carroll's work is how very much sense and wisdom there seems to be in things that we often deem as nonsense, and this reminder that we should always remain curious about things that we don't understand. I hope that you enjoy Wonder Storytime. When Lewis Carroll wrote Through the Looking Glass, Sir John Tenniel, the famed illustrator of the Alice Adventures, objected to a chapter called A Wasp in a Wig. Tenniel writes the following in a letter to Carroll dated June 1, 1870. My dear Dodgson, I think that when the jump occurs in the railway scene, you might very well make Alice lay hold of the goat's beard as being the object nearest to her hand, instead of the old lady's hair. The jerk would naturally throw them together. Don't think me brutal, but I am bound to say that the wasp chapter doesn't interest me in the least, and that I can't see my way to a picture. If you want to shorten the book, I can't help thinking, with all submission, that this is your opportunity. In an agony of haste, yours sincerely, J. Tenniel. Carol dropped the episode, and between 1870 and 1974, it was lost. The text was discovered in a collection of galley proofs auctioned at a sale of manuscripts at Sotheby's that year. The documents include revisions in Dodgson's handwriting, as well as a note instructing the printer to strike the episode from the book. Of course, as is to be expected in such a case, there are disputes about the authenticity of the text. Today we present you what is believed to be this lost chapter, originally intended to fall after the White Knight and before Alice's examination to become queen. Enjoy! The Lost Chapter a wasp in a wig. And she was just going to spring over when she heard a deep sigh, which seemed to come from the wood behind her. There's somebody very unhappy there, she thought, looking anxiously back to see what the matter was. Something like a very old man, only that his face was more like a wasp, was sitting on the ground, leaning against a tree, all huddled up together and shivering as if he were very cold. I don't think I can be of any use to him, was Alice's first thought as she turned to spring over the brook, 
But I'll just ask him what's the matter, she added, checking herself on the very edge. Oh, my old bones, my old bones. He was grumbling as Alice came up to him. It's rheumatism, I should think, Alice said to herself as she stooped over him and said very kindly, I hope you're not in much pain. The wasp only shook his shoulders and turned his head away. Ah, dearie me, he said to himself. Can I do anything for you? Alice went on. Aren't you rather cold? How you go on, the wasp said in a peevish tone. Worrity, worrity. There never was such a child. Alice felt rather offended at his answer and was very nearly walking on and leaving him, but she thought to herself, perhaps it's only pain that makes him so cross. So she tried once more. Won't you let me help you round to the other side? You'll be out of the cold wind there. The wasp took her arm and let her help him round the tree. But when he got settled down again, he only said as before, Worrity, worrity! Can't you leave a body alone? Would you like me to read you a bit of this? Alice went on as she picked up a newspaper which had been lying at his feet. You may read it if you've a mind to, the wasp said rather sulkily. Nobody's hindering you that I know of. So Alice sat down beside him and spread out the paper on her knees and began. Latest news. The exploring party have made another tour in the pantry and have found five new lumps of white sugar, <gasps> large and in fine condition. In coming back... Any brown have... sugar? The wasp interrupted. Alice hastily ran her eyes down the paper and said, No, it says nothing about brown. No brown sugar? Grumbled the wasp. A nice exploring party. In coming back, Alice went on reading. They found a lake of treacle. The banks of the lake were blue and white and looked like China. While tasting the treacle, they had a sad accident. Two of their party were engulfed. Well, what? The wasp asked in a very cross voice. Engulfed, Alice repeated, dividing the word in syllables. There's no such word in the language, said the wasp. It's in the newspaper, though, Alice said a little timidly. Let's stop it here said the wasp, fretfully turning away his head. Alice put down the newspaper. I'm afraid you're not well, she said in a soothing tone. Can I do anything for you? It's all along of the wig, the wasp said in a much gentler voice. Along of the wig, Alice repeated, quite pleased to find that he was recovering his temper. You'd be cross too, if you'd a wig like mine, the wasp went on. They jokes at one, and they worrits one. And then I gets cross, and I gets cold, and I gets under a tree, and I gets a yellow handkerchief, and it ties up my face, as at the present. Alice looked pityingly at him. Tying up the face is very good for the toothache, she said. And it's very good for the conceit, added the wasp. Alice didn't catch the word exactly. Is that a kind of toothache, she asked. The wasp considered a little. Well, no, he said. It's when you hold up your head, so, without bending your neck. Oh, you mean stiff neck, said Alice. The wasp said, that's a newfangled name. They called it conceit in my time. 
Conceit isn't a disease at all, Alice remarked. It is, though, said the wasp. Wait till you have it, and then you'll know. And when you catches it, just try tying a yellow handkerchief around your face. It'll cure you in no time. He untied the handkerchief as he spoke, and Alice looked at his wig in great surprise. It was bright yellow like the handkerchief, and all tangled and tumbled about like a heap of seaweed. You could make your wig much neater, she said, if only you had a comb. What? You're a bee, are you? The wasp said, looking at her with more interest. And you've got a comb. Much honey? It isn't that kind, Alice hastily explained. It's to comb hair with. Your wig's so very rough, you know. I'll tell you how I came to wear it, the wasp said. When I was young, you know, my ringlets used to wave. A curious idea came into Alice's head. Almost everyone she had met had repeated poetry to her, and she thought she would try if the wasp couldn't do it too. Would you mind saying it in rhyme? She asked very politely. It ain't what I'm used to, said the wasp. However, I'll try. Wait a bit. He was silent for a few moments and then began again. When I was young, my ringlets waved and curled and crinkled on my head. And then they said you should be shaved and wear a yellow wig instead. But when I followed their advice and they had noticed the effect, they said I did not look so nice as they had ventured to expect. They said it did not fit and so it made me look extremely plain. But what was I to do, you know? My ringlets would not grow again. So now that I am old and gray and all my hair is nearly gone, they take my wig from me and say, how can you put such rubbish on? And still, whenever I appear, they hoot at me and call me pig. And that is why they do it, dear, because I wear a yellow wig. I'm very sorry for you, Alice said heartily. And I think if your wig fitted a little better, they wouldn't tease you quite so much. Your wig fits very well, the wasp murmured, looking at her with an expression of admiration. It's the shape of your head as does it. Your jaws ain't well-shaped, though. I should think you couldn't bite well. Alice began with a little scream of laughing, which she turned into a cough as well as she could. At last, she managed to say gravely, I can bite anything I want. Not with a mouth as small as that, the wasp persisted. If you was a-fighting now, could you get hold of the other one by the back of the neck? I'm afraid not, said Alice. Well... That's because your jaws are too short, the wasp went on. But the top of your head is nice and round. He took off his own wig as he spoke and stretched out one claw towards Alice, as if he wished to do the same for her. But she kept out of reach and would not take the hint. So he went on with his criticisms. Then your eyes. They're too much in front, no doubt. One would have done as well as two if you must have them so close. Alice did not like having so many personal remarks made on her, and as the wasp had quite recovered his spirits and was getting very talkative, she thought she might safely leave him. I think I must be going on now, she said. Goodbye. Goodbye, and thank ye, said the wasp, as Alice tripped down the hill again, quite pleased that she had gone back and given a few minutes to making the poor old creature comfortable. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to We Players Wonder Storytime with Alice and Friends. We hope you have enjoyed your journey down the rabbit hole and through the looking glass. Won't you share the Wonderland magic? Direct your friends and family to Wonder Storytime on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and at our digital home at weplayers.org. While you're there, please consider making a donation to We Players. Your generosity will help ensure that our creative fires stay lit throughout Shelter in Place. We're so looking forward to gathering and celebration in the not-too-distant future. We plan to present our interactive, multi-sensory What Alice Found There next spring, 2021. This expansive performance journey through Golden Gate Park will wind from the Rose Garden to the windmill. Along the way, we'll escort you to hidden treasures within the park and surprise and delight you with our immersive interpretation of Carol's fantastical world. Until then, please stay safe. Take very good care of yourselves and your loved ones. Be nice to your neighbors, at a respectful gloved and masked distance, of course. And please, do pay attention to your dreams and visions. You never know when a rabbit in a waistcoat might come running by and inspire you to move in a new and unexpected direction. Ever drifting down the stream, lingering in the golden gleam, life, what is it but a dream? We Players is a California 501c3 nonprofit theater company founded by Ava Roy in 2000 at Stanford University. Our team includes artistic director Ava Roy, associate producer Britt Lauer, office manager Stacy Davis, music director and resident composer Charlie Girk, resident costume designer Brooke Jennings, and company photographer Lauren Matley. Special thanks to We Players board of directors and to our advisory circle members. The forthcoming production, What Alice Found There, is adapted and directed by Ava Roy. The cast includes Alan Coyne as Humpty Dumpty, Benoit Monin as the Cheshire Cat, Christopher Carter as Tweedledee, and Maria Ascension Lee as Tweedledum. Drew Watkins as the Red Queen, Libby Oberlin as the White Queen, Fenner as the White Rabbit, Hunter Scott McNair as the Mad Hatter, Ling Ling Lee as the Dormouse, Pearl Marill as the March Hare, Nick Dixon as the White Knight, and Sango Tajima as Alice. Our crew includes Master Seamstress Dana Taylor, Assistant Costume Designer Kathleen Q, House Manager Kate Sation, Production Manager Kayleen Wolf, Stage Manager Becky Roper, Equipment Lead Seth Little, Production Crew Raquel Orendain Shresta, and Videographer Tracy Martin. The production will take place in Golden Gate Park in partnership with San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department. Enormous special thanks to all the wonderful parks people, including Phil Ginsberg, Dana Ketchum, Andy Stone, Keith Roberts, Toby Kanzawa, and especially Shauna Bogutz. Find out more about We Players at weplayers.org.